Hey team, it's time to put on your headphones for another Step Outside podcast. Today we're chatting to Ultimate American Fishing Guide, Nick Gargario from Hawaii on the fly. Sit back as we have a chat with him at the Hilton Tapper Bar on the island of Oahu. And a big aloha to everybody out there. This is Step Outside with Paul Bird Podcast. We're coming to you from the Tapper Bar, the blow of the Tapper Towers at the Hilton Hawaiian Village on the beautiful Isle of Oahu here in Hawaii. I'm talking to you today. We've got our special guest for our podcast, Nick Ogaro. How are you, brother? Hey, Paul. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, thank you, mate. I'll tell you what, everyone watching at home, it's going to be a big cheers to you as I sip down on a beer and Nick sips down on a straight tequila. A captain of mm-hmm. many moons. <laughs> Tell me, mate. Um, mate, we went fishing with you a couple of days ago, yeah. Hawaii on the fly. Yes. Okay, now we, we targeted bonefish. Mm-hmm. Mate, I found you interesting. I, I, I'm a skipper. I'm a captain back home and all that jazz. I wouldn't okay. call myself Captain Burke I think that's too much of a knob. I think uh, to me I'm it's just you, like, hey, I'm just <laughs> yeah. a skipper. That's me. You yeah. know, that's what I do. I take people fishing. I'm a guide. You that's know? what we are. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So tell me, mate, a lot of the stories about you, your history there, Nick. What is it? What what brought Nick to Hawaii? What brought Nick to, to bone fishing? All right. So it starts all the way back. I grew up in Colorado. I grew up Is there any fishing. water in Colorado? There, there is there. a bunch of water, but it all comes in smaller <laughs> smaller bits than what we find here in the big ocean. So it's more like yeah. trout and salmon yeah, or so trout? Yeah, more trout um, yeah. and all freshwater species because okay. we're landlocked in the middle of North America. Don't you shoot deer or bison or what's the thing out there Actually, with the big horns? there is bison, but generally it's going to be elk and <laughs> elk. deer. Yes, elk, that's, that's it. I had a mate of mine. Okay, Pete Johnston with a T. Okay. Okay, good bloke uh, from Aussie. We do a radio show over there called High Tide. And he saved up, him and his dad. His dad passed, but he wanted to get out to Colorado, yeah. and he wanted to shoot an elk. Mm-hmm. He wanted to hunt an elk, and he did it on horseback. That's actually the number one way to go, because generally yeah. with those horseback things, all those guys use leather, and they use buckles and stuff. Yeah. So they get back there very naturally, Yeah. and then they don't have Velcro and all these other things that make that unnatural sound. So right. when you come in on horseback, horseback yeah and you're getting back there you're not making a, a sound that an atv would make that a four-wheel drive truck would it's make. quiet just, exactly but you can move through the woods and get yeah. to your camp yeah without disturbing all of nature around you aka the yeah, big so, giant grizzly ass bears that live in the mountains up there <laughs> exactly, as well exactly. <laughs> which he came across as well a very oh, big no bear way. true story and it came running at him it stopped at 100 feet it stopped at 100 feet, and the guy on the mountain who was skinning the elk that they just got, right, trying to get yeah, all the, yeah. the, the meat off he it. Do? Well, he, he saw it. He aimed it up, and he said, aim above its head, don't you? And he, he popped the fire. He fired off. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it scared. The bear stood down, and it walked off. Very lucky man. That is some, there's just some serious Pete Johnston man. with a T. Oh, well, Pete Johnston. <laughs> Let's raise him up to Pete Johnston. I'm going to do it. All right. Here's a cheers for everyone listening. Cheers to Pete Johnston. Uh, I'll tell you what, he, he is the man. Now, if you're uh, listening, uh, we are sitting at the bottom of the Tapper Tower here at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. There's a Tapper Bar down here. So we're just chilling out. We've got ourselves. I've got a, uh, a big wave, which is a Kona Brewery yeah. uh, ale. And you've got tequila, yeah. which is from Mexico. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Actually, I don't even know who makes this tequila, but I love tequila. It's, I, um, I'm kind of working that out, mate. Yeah, it's like it your fifteenth. Yeah, it's, it really. It it's doing all right. right. It's good, isn't it? I love happy hour. Yeah. Hey, let's wrap this up in ten minutes because happy hour finishes. All right, uh, no, I'm only kidding, mate. Uh, but nonetheless, look, if you are getting over here and talking about fly fishing or mm-hmm. just spin casting, mate, you're the dude. Like, you know, I know Hawaii on the fly. I follow you guys on Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it was a pleasure to get out fishing with you because you've got a lot of nat natural ability of reading the water, which is really rare. With a, you can tell who's the real deal, right? When you get out in the water, you can tell if the skipper's not really got the, 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 the that sixth or seventh sense of understanding. Man, I'm like, I don't. Thank you. No, because it's a natural ability. This is the thing, you know. It's a natural ability. A lot of other people just go and they bullshit their way through it. Gotcha, right, but gotcha. you, you're not doing that. So tell me, when it comes to bone fishing, okay. what is it that inspires people to target that particular species? Um, all right, off the top of my head, the first things that come to mind is you're dealing with a fish that is been a part of Hawaiians, native Hawaiian staple diet for a very long time, and so bonefish, um, we know that in a lot of other parts of the world, um, generally are looked at only as a game fish. And here still today in Hawaii, you can find people that still love to eat um, oio, which is the Hawaiian word for bonefish. I met a guy this morning out in the front of the Hilton yes. Hawaiian village. I went fishing this morning where you said out near the jetty, yeah. right? Did you see them? I, I did see them and I, and I hooked one. Yeah, it was like it went off and they're, it was like, they're real. And, and I lost it. And they're big. That, yeah. It's not a myth. Yeah. And But the guy I was fishing next to was using live bait, yep. targeting the uh, kombachi, the, okay. the amberjack, yes. right? Uh, with a live bait, but um, he, he missed two, but he's telling me if you get a bonefish, he'll take it home and, and eat it as a fish patty. Did he tell you how he does it? No. All right, so this is how they do it, and this is what I was told a long time ago. Sure. All right, so if you take a bonefish, it has a many, many, many pin bones, and yep. this is what we know bonefish to have. Okay. Hence so, the name. Hence the it was name. like a, it wasn't now, Sir Henry Ford who came up with the name bonefish. <laughs> I wasn't right, a smart now, guy. We also got to take into consideration way before everything is, what's a bonefish's diet? A bonefish's diet is primarily crustacean, squid, and octopus. Right. And any fish, any fish that has those things as its diet yeah. has real pure white meat that has almost a sweeter taste. Mm -hmm. And so you can find this in a lot of other species of fish that people target right. all around Hawaii, all around the Pacific, all yeah. around the world. Sweet. But the bonefish have all these crazy pin bones. So how do the Hawaiians get past it? They cut off the head. They cut off the tail. They have gutted the fish already at this point, and now they push the meat out on either side by rolling it out. You can use a roller. I have been told by some uncles that if you can find what's an uncle, tell me. Uh, uh, I so, know what an uncle is, but we've got to explain so to everyone here back home. In Hawaii, everybody it's very much a culture of respect, and in Hawaii, what I love about it is if you run into anybody that's older than you. If it's male, it's an uncle. It's somebody you show respect to. It's not just, hey, man, <laughs> hey, uncle, hey, older, wiser person. Yeah. Somebody I want to show respect to yeah. whenever I address them. And so, that's and pretty with cool. Auntie. Auntie is any older female woman that you see that you want to show respect to is, hey, Auntie. And they are normally here yeah. in Hawaii, full of aloha and ready to share some drop of awesome information some wealth of information on you sit back enjoy listen to it and just take it in and use it in your life and your hawaiian experience will be enriched every time i tell you that that's a beautiful story because in australia if we have an uncle and an auntie not that it's their bloodline but if you're out in the water mm -hmm. and you see a crab pot like a lobster pot in the water mm -hmm. and you're checking it and the authorities come and talk to you and say hey excuse me yeah. is that your pot you say it's my uncle's <laughs> yeah no, so, no, it's no, a little bit different i'm like i would <laughs> never it's my auntie's never check anybody's crab pots ever <laughs> that's somebody else's stuff respect it <laughs> that's what we call in australia do <laughs> totally different right. anyway okay so this is different right. so, okay. but some of these yeah. uncles some of yeah. these people that have older wisdom yeah 
and have passed on some of these things to me. If you could find one of those old, <laughs> they talked about these old glass Coke bottles that were like the, the two liter. A Coke rolling bottle. pin. And they, that's how they used to make these rolling we, pins yes. years ago. Now, I've never used the rolling pin, uh, sorry, I, the yeah. Coke bottle method. I've right. used a regular rolling pin that you can get at a regular store. The wooden and one? And it's totally worked. Yep. Now, out comes the meat without the pin bones. Yes. Now, you have this meat in a pile, yeah. loosely pushed out. Yeah. Up to you to what you want to do with it. Yeah. Now, now the fish can, isn't cooked, by the way. The fish is not cooked. Yeah. Right? And to be honest, I also found that if I left it in the cooler for about... 12 hours, maybe a little bit longer, on a good brine, it condenses the meat and makes it easier to push out and break up. Firms up. Right? Firms yeah. up. And Correct. she wants to leave the bone easier. Now, once it gets that way, now you can, you're on your way to making what they call uh, lomi o io. And lomi in Hawaiian is, there is a uh, form of massage called lomi lomi. Yes, I've heard of lomi lomi. Right? And yeah. so lomi lomi is to work with your hand. Yes. Right? And, um, there's a few other, there's some other words out there to work with your hand, meaning to like build things and stuff like that. But lomi is to work and knead with your hand into right. like, into a body, into meat, into yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, there's other massages out there that are called exactly. lomi. Yeah, so correct. Lomi, yeah. lomi is you, you're, you're massaging your, your back, you're massaging yeah. your body, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to massage this meat right. with different seasonings and stuff like that. And that is called lomi o io. Now, wow. there are other uh, types of lomi that they make in Hawaii besides using the meat from bonefish. But the lomi o io is a, a very traditional dish that you'll find a lot of people do. Sweet. Um, and it's kind of also spanned not just Native Hawaiians, but also because of, um, because of the Hawaii being such a mixing pot from so many different cultures for so long. Correct. A lot of different people also eat lomi o io. Now, that's one way. Now, fish cake is another way. So you make your lomi, if you will, and then you can actually make that into a patty. Yeah. And you can take that, depending on your seasonings, and you are welcome to do all sorts of seasonings. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> you can do all sorts of seasonings. But um, generally, you're going to find that they're going to... Um, enhance that meat and not over flavor it too much because the real cool thing about oio or bonefish is that meat is naturally sweet yeah and it's sweet because of its diet and so being the crustaceans and the, the squid and the octopus and exactly yeah and so in that. other places of the world people yeah. are chasing um bonefish and generally they're only using um some sort of shrimp and normally it's the type of shrimp that like a prawn that you can throw and find, uh, you can throw like a net on or something like that, and you find them in big schools all on the inside. Out here in the Pacific, to be honest, we have more squid and octopi that are in the reef uh, and a mantis shrimp. And that is what is going to be the primary diet of these fish. We don't have a, as many prawns, if you will, but the prawn baits, when they do <laughs> see them, they go to town. Them. And actually, I was just telling you that story. Correct, because yeah. if you're going, like when we came over here, everyone, we, we did some filming for Step Outside with Paul Burt about, uh, you know, the different of filming and all that. Hey, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> when it goes to, you know, we've got a camera set up here on the bar, so everyone who walks past is like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it's all about, you know, the, the different uh, fake 
styles yeah, of lures so out there, all, okay? A lot of artificial imitation. All yeah, that we like to do in uh, Hawaii on the fly. We do take out bait sometimes, but generally it's for like. Oh, you can't take bait. That's like, stinky. You know, like you want exactly. to take a stinky piece of bait, bait out with you? No chance. Dirty it's horrible. That. But it is. It That's helps old school. Kids or That's uncle's like that. boat. Sometimes we'll do that, but <laughs> generally, if it's uh, when an anglers coming out to chase a fish, yeah. We want to do walk and stalk or something sighting a fish. You're targeting the fish. It's the hunt. That's the best part. You know? That's what keeps me all about this. Yeah, you know, and like it's a, side casting. You're looking, you're hunting, yeah. you're seeing, and sunglasses. We'll get into that in a sec. But oh, yes. when it comes down to artificial, I've been using the Zeric two-inch prawn, okay, the, the shrimp. Awesome, This This lure, right, I, I used <laughs> it the other day, <laughs> and I gave some to Nick, Yeah. and they awesome. are the bomb, all from our friends at Anaconda. And Anaconda is like a... In America, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Australia's largest outdoor retail store. They are massive. Man, okay, I gotta get them to start shipping oh, to Hawaii. Oh, dude, they are—they are, they are like, the bomb, right? They are yeah. seriously awesome. So basically, is we grabbed some Xerix, we brought them over to you, mm-hmm. and I said, Nick, I'm gonna try these. You're like, yeah, give them a crack. You know, they—they they look good. They look—they look real. Yeah. Like you know, we eat those. And there's also some uh, some uh, crabs, cross the crabs. Yes. The crabs, um, they look so good. Swim bait, was that? Yeah, no, they were from Chase Baits. Chase Baits. So Thank you. Were, Chase yeah, Baits. They were cool, cool. Very they were very Chase similar. Yeah. And, and the deal is that you're working around areas where there's a lot of uh, water, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, weed beds, a lot of rock bank, a lot of mangroves. So it's all that area yeah. where these eels sort of hang, you know, the yeah. bonefish. So if you're using a, a bait that's similar, and this goes to anyone wherever you're fishing around the world, whether you're targeting marlin, Lua or like GTs or cold trout or snapper or whatever, or flathead, bonefish. It's all about targeting that fish using the right bait. Totally. You got to match, match the hatch. Match the hatch. Is yeah. the biggest that's like a fly fishing term that's been around on North America forever. I don't know it's if in it's Australia. Right. It right, is. So I use it all cool. the time. I didn't it know. It is match the hatch. Oh no, absolutely. Sometimes if it's this big, use this big. You get you get people out there using a lure, like a bait fish is, is an inch long and they're using a lure four inches long. You're using a lure that's an inch long, you're catching a fish every cast, they're not getting a bite. Match the hatch. Match the hatch. Exactly. All right. So okay. I'm totally with you on that. Cool. And that is exactly what we promote and yeah. do. Out here in Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii um, on the fly. Book a, book a charter. Come on. <laughs> follow them on Instagram. Like, check it yeah, out on Instagram. It's pretty cool. On Instagram. Um, my handle is Aloha Flies. Um, so that's your handle is Aloha Fly. Yeah. Okay, so, so oh, like, sweet. Okay. So I'm at that one. To be honest, I'm not the very best at um, doing my social media. How old, how old are you? I'm uh, 36. Okay, well, I'm four, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like your uncle, right? So, so yeah, just go easy, pal. <laughs> yes, uncle. All right, show respect. <laughs> so we turn around. I've got no crab pots out, mate. So we got, <laughs> so you go going out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm useless at social media, but we're trying. You know, we've got to keep up with the times. That's what I'm trying to do That's as what well. We're doing. And honestly, if it wasn't for friends, keep on telling me to do it. Yeah. Sometimes it's I It's a bit freaky I, because you're going out with younger friends who know this shit, right? And the funny part is, yeah, like, yeah. So you go fishing every day yeah. <laughs> and you forget to, like, oh, you need a get blue card to hang around these kids. You've done it, all your stuff and prepared yourself for the yes, next day. That's right. You need to post something and yeah. do that kind of stuff. Correct. Now, Absolutely. There are, there are other people on Hawaii on the Fly yeah. that are yeah. much better at this than me, and yeah. you will find great posts on Hawaii on the Fly. <laughs> Aloha flies. I'm lacking a little bit, but I'm getting better, Paul. And so I'm trying to get there. But uh, uh, the big thing for me is like you just um, you got to do Aloha Zurich. Yeah, I got to. You took a dude guys. out yesterday, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. I gave Nick a heap of, of these lures there a couple of days ago. Yeah, right? I'm down a few now. We broke you, off a few. You broke off. Oh, okay, here we go. All right, crazy. here we go. I got a few more in the room, man. I'll look after <laughs> you. So, I'll tell you what. Thanks for our, our friends at Anaconda. Is Thank that you, you can buy online, click and pay. Is that you can turn around and, uh, mate, you, you, a couple of days ago, you took a guy out yesterday. Or was yes. it today when he's with the IGAFA? So yesterday what was a guy Tell me that, the story. Took out, um, I, that I took out that was with the IFGA. Yep. Um, and now he, his name is Dennis. I can look up his last name. I don't remember his last name right off the top of my head. Let's call him The Menace. Dennis The Menace. <laughs> this guy has over 109, over 109 IFGA <laughs> Titles already, or titles, what do you call them? Records. Records, Sorry. yeah. Records, yeah. not titles. Yeah. Records already. And he came out, and he's been chasing fish all over the world. And he's been doing a light tackle, a light tackle mono. Um, and so he's been doing four-pound, six-pound, and eight-pound tests. We're talking monofilament on the main spool. Yes. Wow. And so this is some stuff where I'm like, you know, yeah. I can't believe he's yeah. doing this. Yeah, it's old school. Because, I mean, to be honest, yeah. I'm used to fishing on fly yeah. with, like, 12-pound test being my light leader yeah. and watching them break off on yeah. a strike sometimes. Yeah. And so yesterday we tied on the Zurichs, yeah. uh, the little um, the 2-inch prawn, and we were sight fishing with those. We had... Um, we got a few fish, but the one that we think in 90 days we're going to find out. But he might have set the record. We're going to find out in 90 days. But um, it was about a five-pound fish on six-pound test. I think it might. Um, I think it's five pounds. It might have been a, just a hair over. But we'll find out. Like he has it all. All the measurements were done, and all the photos were taken, and all those things. Um, my biggest thing was just I couldn't believe that. We hung on to that fish. He ripped line like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Took off. He was out of there. He was, you know, almost 100 yeah. yards away. Then wow. he came back, ripped out another, you know, wow. I don't know, maybe uh, another yeah. 60 yards. With my bonefish, I noticed it was like three solid runs. Yeah, and so a lot of back. times it can do that. Um, there are times in uh, dirty water where maybe they will come a little bit closer to you and not run as far yeah. and trying to figure out what's going on. The biggest thing is in clear water, uh, like when we caught your fish, there was still clear water for them. So he Correct. definitely ran really far. Um, they hunt down an area because they're all smart. All the Because we eat them here... It seems that all the dumb ones are already dead. <laughs> so they've been breeding. Every so the big year. ones are smart. The big ones are smart. So in the um, in the genealogy, if you will, of the bonefish out here, wouldn't that be good if it was humans? Oh like you know, God. seriously. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? It'd be, it'd be even amazing even right now. Oh my God! I don't even because know if I'd be here sometimes. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, you and I'd be I'd be like, oh, my God. I don't think so. I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I hope, I hope that we'd make the cut. All right. But, um, yeah, so that's one of those thoughts. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> like, I hope I'd make the cut. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, because of the genealogy of fish getting eaten that are been the dumbest and the easiest to attack a bait, all the dumb ones are dead. All the, the fish that are left are these spooky. Think twice about making a... Um, making a big uh, aggressive strike on something and um, the funny part is I don't think any any fish have seen those zerks ever <laughs> so when they saw them they just jumped on them yeah it was like so we ran into that we, the other day which is an important thing that anyone who's out there try try a different lure like look at it understand where you're fishing wherever you are around the totally. world wherever you are around the world work out a lure because I noticed in Australia 
that if we're fishing a river for brim, all right, the old bread and butter fish, we get brim whiting flathead. Whiting very similar to your bone fish. Okay. Edible, not many bones, beautiful to eat. King George okay. whiting down the bottom end of South Australia, 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. Great okay. to eat. Get them up to a kilo. Great fish. But in, in saying that, is that if you present to them a lure that they haven't seen, you will kill it. Totally. After a year and a thousand other people out there flicking that lure, the fish become shy. Mm-hmm. They, they, again, the bigger fish become smart. They are smart. They go to school for heaven's sake. Exactly. They're schooling I mean, fish. Honestly, that is yeah. what they do. And honestly, Correct. that's the best part of what we do. Yeah, is like it's cool. We have to take in that that information. Yes. Tweak our um, our presentation. Our thoughts of how it works. And, and we, when we yeah. change our presentation, yeah. that little tiny bit. Yeah. And I learned this actually. You know where I really <laughs> took this was from big game fishing here in Hawaii. Correct. So you're an offshore fisherman. Yeah. You're an all-rounder. Yeah. You're like so a Tiger Woods. I used to do that. And yeah. I I got to fish with the top boats in Hawaii, and I'm so blessed that mm. I have. And some of these captains means a lot. I know that. Yes. Uh, Ron Yamashita, <laughs> Russell Tanaka, Toots, all you guys, man, Captain Carl, rest in peace. You. All these guys. But they taught me so much. But what they also taught me was you have to uh, roll with, as everybody's doing the same thing, take in consideration in your presentation the details. And the details are a big thing. And so you look in those things, and that can be your, um, it can be your terminal tackle. It can be your, um, your leaders. It can be your... Uh, swivels. It can be something. It can be tiny. your knot. It can be your knot. What's your it, favorite knot? Oh, all right. So as far as a loop knot, I actually learned it from some carp fishermen <laughs> a while back, and it's super simple. And I don't even have a name for it, which is so sad. But um, it could be the Paul Burt knot. Let's call it. Let's call it the birdie knot. It's called the birdie knot. Yeah, go and get knotted. But uh, that's my favorite little loop knot. It's really simple. It's something that I tied on for. Um, tied it's like on. a figure eight. So you put the line through the eye of the hook. Maybe it maybe a little. No, I make an overhand knot. Yeah. Is it like a granny knot? It, Is that a granny knot? Um, so like a loop. And so, then, yeah, yeah. So a regular overhand knot. Yeah, very simple. Yeah. Maybe it's called a granny knot in yeah, Australia, but yeah. we call it overhand knot here. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, as if you're starting a regular loop knot. Yeah. So then you make that. Um, that tag end goes through the eye of the hook. Yeah. And then you take your tag end, and if you've pinched that um, that overhand that knot, knot yeah. you're going to take that circle of that overhand knot, and you're going to pass it down and through twice. Ah. And then once it, that goes through, you kind of slide it up. Yeah. And then you're going to tag, uh, pull the tag end, and you're going to pull the knot itself against the eye of the hook. Yeah. And then pull the main line, and it should bite, but. This knot is really only designed for fluorocarbon. Okay. And so okay. since that's what we use... It, it grips. It grips. And it bites on fluorocarbon very, very easily. Now, that's another big thing. Here in Hawaii, because we are in a fishing culture, Hawaiians mm-hmm. have been uh, catching fish forever. Yeah. Right? And so they've actually also fished uh, aqu- uh, aquaculture and yeah. raising Correct. fish in ponds and all that. This Correct. is part of their culture. Yeah. They, you know, fish is such a, such a staple... Yeah. of their diet that yeah. they have really fine-tuned these things. Mm. So because the fish are so smart and all mm. the dumb ones are dead, that means, <laughs> that really means yeah. that at the end of the day, hey, yeah, 
that means that your terminal tackle has to be on point. Correct. So your hooks and, and your, your line and your leader and all those things. Well, so your fluorocarbon is the very key part of it here in Hawaii. The reason why your fluorocarbon disappears in, wa in water, as long as it's not abraded, yeah. that means rubbed against anything, that means you rub it against the rock, you rub it against the side of the boat, you mess up and get it tangled around the cleat of your boat yep. just for a second. A slight fray. A slight fray. Yeah. And hold it up to the light. If you see yeah. any little bit of ref uh, reflection coming through there, yeah. You'll lose your nuts. Change it out. Correct. It's like Game of Thrones. If you're a slight fray, you'll lose your nuts. <laughs> so you've got to be careful. So one right other there, <laughs> I was like, Game of Thrones is one of the so <laughs> true. It's so true. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. So one, one other thing is, you told me a story the other day about mm. a gentleman out on the water. Yeah. When a tiger shark decided to come and <laughs> to come oh, and with you. Sorry. So right. tell me about the other day you're out there and there's yeah. a guy and you're Walking fishing around. and there's a tiger shark episode. Tell right. me about that. Let's wrap so it up. There on that. we are. The gentleman I'm fishing with is about 75 years old. Right. Now he is not the most agile, and he's using the assistance of a walking stick as he's trying think of to the cartoon series or the cartoon. Uh, movie called Up. Yes. With a dude with a yes. with the tennis oh balls, God. the tennis balls on the bottom of the walker. Yeah. So picture right. him trying to do a walker like that, but it's like a vertical staff instead right. of that walker <laughs> thing, but very very similar. And yeah. he has that kind of mentality. Everything he's, he's done it, he's seen it all, the whole thing. He's yeah. 75. And he's telling you about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're walking, <laughs> and here comes an eight to ten foot tiger shark, and it is no farther away than maybe just a foot behind the camera that's filming us. Okay, so we're talking about right. uh, eight feet away. And so as it's coming closer, <laughs> I'm not about to say anything to him because what I notice is the shark is taking his time, moving very slowly. He's cruising. He's cruising. How deep's the water? Uh, about knee deep. Okay, so, so he's just cruising just through. Just cruising, and where he's, where he's Fins at Fins out the top, the oh, dorsal. No, actually, so here's the thing. Where we're fishing is on this slope of right. sand, okay. and we're looking for the bonefish to come up on the slope of sand sure. onto the shallows in front of us. So the shark's fishing, in the channel. Uh, the shark is yeah. just on the edge of the yeah. channel, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. we're yeah. fishing down the slope. So if the shark is where the camera is, the fishing that we're doing is actually over this way, Yeah. and we're trying to look for the fish coming up this way. Now the shark continues on his way, and I don't want to alarm this man <laughs> since he's somebody that comes with a cane. <laughs> Or a walking stick, yeah, whatever with, he wants with tennis balls. Yeah. And I'm noticing it's coming close, but the shark is very tranquil, very cool. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. And it's almost out of her way. It's maybe over to like that chair over there. And all of a sudden, so 20 feet away. It's 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 passing. Yes, it's, it's gone. It's passed. It's, yep. And that's where yep. the man somehow has turned and sees it all the way over. There. Somehow he turns and he's like, oh man, there's a really big shark over there. And I'm like. I see it, and I'm like, I'm like, we're all good. It's like, do you notice how slow the shark was moving? I'm like, it would totally be different if the shark came through and you didn't even see the pump of the tail, but it was like moving really fast. Yeah. Hang on, we'll let these people pass. That's all right. All right. So, hey. cool. Anyway, so what happens is about a minute later, just about a minute later, no, this yeah, yeah, this shark comes back yeah. and pushes water. And just moves real fast right past us. Yeah. And at that time, I realized I'm not a hero. And this man has been out there for 75 years fishing hard. And I realized that 
I ain't gonna save him. And <laughs> he's I, living his life. He's already I'm living his here. life. I, I'm at, <laughs> and I retreated up into the shallows so fast, <laughs> leaving him to try to work his way out of that deep area. And I, he's like, "Oh man, oh man!" And I'm just like, "Whatever happens, happens." And I was like, "All I knew was like, it wasn't you saw be the my, disclaimer." He's like, "Wasn't gonna be my day." Thank God the shark passed by. Everything went, but uh, yeah, I realized right that right then, I'm not a hero. Those fish are out there doing their thing, and if you've already lived 75 years, that might have been the time to you know just cash in the chips. I don't know what to say. Oh man, we're gonna leave it at that. All hey, right, everyone. Aloha, Nick. guys. Hey, legend, brother. Hey, good on you, man. With you, man. Paul Burt, good times. <laughs> come out, come fishing in Hawaii. This guy's awesome. A lot Go of fishing. fun. And um, that's Nick from Hawaii on the Fly. You can follow him also. Uh, Hawaii on the Fly. You can check out yeah. Aloha Flies and check out his Insta handle because I tell you what, this guy has got so many stories. He's a lovely guy at the same time. And, of course, with that, i got to say thank you, God bless, and, of course, aloha as we come to you from the beautiful Tapa Bar here at the Blow, the Tapa Towers, Hilton Hawaiian Village for our Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. Ah. You. Now, that was a lot of fun. Nick, a top bloke. Hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Next week, we venture back to Australia to find out some good caravanning spots, what to pack, what to take, and, of course, some good old fishing spots. That's next week on the Step Outside podcast. Take it easy.